Welcome to The Council, a podcast for Calvinistic thinkers. live welcome to another edition of the council my name is vincent lawson i'm here with uh fellow council members calvinist klein also known as josh and uh john wilkerson and arise hampton how are you doing today guys oh we got tyler vela and marcus in here too doing all right for Doing all right myself. Yeah, excited to be back in the uh, in the hangout. Doing good, doing good. I'm at work, so I probably won't be talking much, but I'll be listening in. Hey, Josh, it seems like you've been. It's been forever since you've been here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, am in a really, really tough job situation right now, as far as uh, being in a temp job. Um, but I do have have an interview coming up for a promising uh, printed circuit board design um, position with a really um, a really uh, good company out here. So hopefully that would be you know a good, good position. And I and I know it's uh, and people who I feel like people who have followed uh, the council for some time always hear me say things like, "Yeah, I, I'm in this situation right now. I'm in school or." You know, even after graduation, yeah, I'm in this job or, you know, but so I'm always, I really am it's honestly like, always trying. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> and then, um, yeah. So why don't you tell uh, us what we're going to be doing tonight? Yes. So, so tonight we will be reviewing um, a video by Dr. Layton Flowers. And the topic is about those who have never heard the gospel and what is, uh, um, what are they able to do and what is, I guess, what is God's will uh, for their destiny? And really just this is, um, this is lax and not, uh, not scripted. This is off the top of the head and free, um, free flowing. And uh, we'll just be going as, I, I don't know if I've, I watched the video once. I don't know if you guys have watched it, but it's, it's probably best that I, only watched it once in that if anybody didn't watch it, that they didn't, because it'll be, it, it'll just be a natural, a, a more, na um, more natural uh, event. Um, but yeah, we'll be going through that and just uh, critiquing it because I, um, I think that there's some pretty harmful, very, very harmful um, ideas presented and uh, some um, very, uh, unbiblical concepts that are defended as well that need to be uh, taken apart and um, really addressed. Like, uh, honestly, I mean, um, and I mean, the, the only, I understand the only person that could say this is, is really in being truthful is Tyler and, and well, and Vincent too, but like on, on a pastoral level, I'm, this is, this issue is, is very important 
I think, especially for people who call themselves evangelists, people who are gospel gospel carriers, um, and to teach this is is even more so. But but yes, so that's that's the plan for tonight, and I, I kind of wanted to lay out that the importance of it. So, right. and I would also maybe join in and, and just kind of say something about compare with what Leighton says with what First Corinthians fifteen says. And, and I think that is a really good comparison between the two uh, as your foundation for what the gospel is. Because what he does share around the beginning is pretty shocking, I think. Um, maybe he meant uh, something else. I don't know. But I mean, for, for the most part, though, I mean, this is his second uh, response about it. And so I think he had more, plenty of time to correct himself, but yet he didn't. So. Right. Oh, and, and our focus is going to be on his most recent video, though I would I would uh, exhort anybody who is watching this right now or later to go and um, investigate the um, the back and forth between um, uh, Pulpit and Penn and uh, Leighton Flowers and, and what they were what exactly they were talking about. I, I did follow it and I, I asked people to go back and look at it investigating what both sides are saying checking the facts just to verify that um what we're saying is is based on good information i do in good faith approach this issue and um wish to as as we all do wish to accurately handle the information that's that's being presented and so um but i i do want people to actually do that and go and look at those look at those things having done that myself i i feel as though we um we will handle information rightly so i that's an important thing to say that we're nobody's trying to hide it hide anything or put people uh, uh falsely accuse people so do we want to start at the beginning or at the 134 where it really gets into that sentence we were discussing yesterday? Uh, or it really starts at 134 right after he gets that little phone call? Or do you just want to go? From yeah, there? pretty much where he starts right there. Well, I, let's m maybe play the whole thing so maybe context yeah, is, and everything is in there. I'm with that. Yeah, that's what I'm, I would like to. All right. So y'all just let me know when you want to stop. We'll stop and y'all can discuss. Yeah. Okay. Oh, let me share a screen. I want to share it. because I do. Okay. Like what I did. Also, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and also, um, Leighton does give some context, uh, so that's that's going to be helpful. I don't want I don't want people to think like if you've never seen. I do encourage people to go back to the original uh, conversation, but I don't think for what he's presenting in this video, that's you know we're we're critiquing exactly what he's saying. But if you wanted a broader picture. You could do that, but that's not necessary to, to understand why what he's saying is is uh, we believe is is troubling. So, all right, are you ready? Yes. Hey guys, Layton Flowers here. I am in Lubbock, Texas, actually in my hotel room, uh, waiting to meet with some friends for dinner in just a few minutes, and I wanted to give some clarity on some of the different theories with regard to those who have never heard the specific message about Jesus Christ. Um, because recently there's been some uh, confusion over a, uh, a kind of a Google Hangout that I did in defense of Billy Graham and some of his statements 
um, on the concept of inclusivism. Some have falsely accused him of being a pluralist, which a pluralist is the, the concept and idea that there's many paths to heaven that you can be saved by many different ways uh, to, to get to God, you know, whether it's Buddhism, whether it's from, uh, you know, some other world religion, Muslims, it doesn't really matter as long as you're sincere. There's a lot of ways to God. And of course, Billy Graham never taught that, but that's the kind of the things he's been accused of. Um, and so I, I just real quick, clearly came out, came out on record as saying, despite some of the false uh, fake news out there, <laughs> there's fake news even in the, the Christian world, believe it or not. Um, and they, they were making statements like Leighton believes that people can be saved apart from uh, the atoning work of Christ, or people can be saved uh, without Jesus or something like that, which is absurd and also accusing me of universalism. And anybody who's listened uh, to any of my broadcasts knows how absurd and stupid uh, those kinds of accusations are. I got a phone call there, so I'm not sure if that uh, interrupted my uh, uh, live feed or not. But uh, anyway, um, I, I wanted just to give some clarity because some people are asking a few honest questions about that. How, how do you explain these things with regard to those who don't hear the specific news about Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Um, some people have called uh, that in itself the gospel. Now, the gospel, more generally speaking, is the good news that God is good and that he desires mercy over justice, that he desires to show mercy, uh, that he's a good God, that that uh, that if you believe in the Lord, you will be saved. That's, that's the basics of the gospel. Um, the specifics of the gospel is how does he do that? How does he show people mercy? How does he save the world? Uh, that is through. I mean, what do you guys think of that? What do you what do you just said there? I would like to know, like the scriptural basis for where he gets, like, where how he categorizes, like these subcategories of the gospel. Because if that's and just just where each of those um, those, those concepts comes from, uh, each one comes from, really. And I think John, if you're if you're able to talk, you had a, this is exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, I was actually just looking up here on my Bible app, First uh, Corinthians 15, where it says uh, in verse 1, now, we're, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. So right away, Paul is telling you what the gospel is. I preach to you uh, which you received and which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. Um, for I delivered to you as of first importance that I also received. And here it is right here, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Um, that's the first four chapters right there. And I think that that really does clarify exactly what the gospel is. And, it seems to me that Leighton wants to kind of paint a broader picture. Um, go ahead. It, it just kind of seemed like he was just stating some attributes of God, you know, like God is good. Like no one's disagreeing with those things, but is that, is that the gospel? No, <laughs> it's not the gospel. You're right. It is just an, an attribute of God that God is good, but how how is that going to to convict somebody into uh, realizing their sin? Well, I think that what Leighton is doing is that he's um, confusing the indicative of the gospel with the imperatives of the gospel. 
um, of a sorry, the indicatives of the gospel with the imperatives of a gospel call or a gospel proclamation, um, such that the the gospel proclamation becomes the gospel. So instead of the gospel, the core of the gospel being the indicative that Christ died for sinners so that whoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life, um, that, that, he, that he died, was buried, and was raised again um, for the forgiveness of sins, those, those indicative statements, he wants his decisional theology of a gospel presentation to be at the forefront, right? So he wants people to say, well, well you know, of course, the gospel is, you know, God loves you and wants, you know, has a wonderful plan for your life and wants you to be saved, right? He's, he's smuggling in his, um, some of his soteriological assumptions in kind of through the back door of a gospel presentation. How about you, Chris? Are you here? Because I know, <clears throat> you know, Leighton for a while now. Uh if he's here. I'm here. I have a dog in the background, though. Sorry. All right. I got kids in the background, so. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would agree with uh, I would agree with both of those assessments. Um, yeah, and I would just stress, too, what John brought up in 1 Corinthians 15, that that uh, it's, it's, it's quite clear from that text that the core of Paul's gospel, the, the, the gospel of God he speaks of in Romans 1, and then he uh, gets – to exactly what that core is here in in first corinthians 15 is christ and him crucified and risen three days later um that's what you need in order to be saved now i, I kind of understand the point that he's getting at like and, and the point that he's going to go into and i don't know I don't know your plan if we're going to listen to the whole thing, but he's going to get into the Old Testament saints and how they would be saved without knowing the exact specifics in that it's Jesus who will come and die and, and, and save his people. But it, it's not that any Old Testament saint was saved based on them believing that God is good. That's not what it is. I mean, we're told in Hebrews that Abraham was preached the gospel. Uh, the gospel would have, would, would have been that a coming Messiah would save his people through suffering. So you can't boil it down to what he boils it down to in that God is good and he's merciful. Because basically any other religion that, that, that has a deity can make the same claim. I mean, I, I think it actually is a road that, that can be bridged into inclusivism. Right. I, I think that does. I think it does away with the exclusivity of Christ, which is which is what you're getting at. It sounds like, Chris. And I think I think back to first um, uh, Peter, chapter one, uh, where um, where Peter says he, sa he says, starting verse 23, he says, for you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And then he qualifies, and he says, and this is the word of the Lord, which was preached to you, or preached as good news. You have um, uh, um, the uh, a word from the family of words uh, of Evangelion, or which is 
the word translated gospel. So whatever the content of this word is that was preached to them has caused them to be born again. And we have um, we have the content of that message in First Corinthians 15. We have it in uh, Romans chapter one uh, and several other places. So I don't like that. I, and that's why I said I, I wanted to see where his where where this um, I guess general th this general concept of what the gospel is that Leighton said, where that's found in scripture, because I don't, I've, I've actually, I've never heard that before. I mean, that's what he said is, is more so, more so something that you could, you could come to that conclusion by seeing what God has done in history or even from the gospel alone. But that's not, that's not the gospel. Otherwise he could take, or anybody could take something like Ezekiel chapter 18, which I believe you'd have to take it out of, out of context to do this, but they could take that chapter and say, well, look, you know, God's preaching the gospel here. And then so, yeah, but, but I guess I'm uh, one, he's going to say something later that gets at what I was about to go into, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that now just because he, he's, it, it, that's coming up soon. So. All right. We can go on. Just... Well, Vince, can I have one more thing? Sure. Um, I think uh, also what's what's important to note um, where he's like, you know, I, that's that's not what I affirm. That's not what I'm saying. You know, anyone who's listened knows that that's you know stupid to say that I'm saying that. Um, if someone is saying, oh, well, Leighton Flowers, you know, affirms universalism or he affirms, you know, salvation apart from Jesus Christ. Um, I would say, well, you know, that person is misrepresenting Leighton Flowers. That's, that's not what Leighton affirms. Um, but if Leighton thinks that that's what the objections are, um, that we're just saying, oh, well, he affirms that, then he's misunderstanding what the objections are, right? Because, you know, when, when, we're, when we're listening to him, we're not saying, you know, on the surface, he's going to say salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. But what we're saying is the logical implications, the theological implications of what he's saying undercuts that very profession um it, it it leads into something very very different it's like it's like when the atheist wants to come along and say oh well you know i believe in objective morality but then when we ask them to you know actually spell out how they ground morality and so on and so forth really what their view is is nihilism they they just on the surface want to affirm objective objective morality they're just well, that's that's just what i believe you can't say i'm a nihilist i don't i don't affirm nihilism well you know i'm not saying you affirm nihilism i'm saying that that's the implications of what you believe so too the same thing here with flowers where you know we're not we're not saying he affirms universalism we're not saying he affirms salvation apart from jesus christ we're saying that's the theological implication that necessarily follows from this new ground that he's treading Right. And I think there's going to be something that's really going to bring out exactly what you said, Tyler. Like it's going to make it, it it's going to um, allow us to expand on that really well. Like when he's going to develop this a lot more. All right. Are y'all ready? Yeah. 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 There we go. 
through Jesus Christ, through the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Um, and so the, those in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, did not have a working knowledge of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Even for goodness sake, we didn't even have a doctrine of the Trinity adopted by the church until the third century. And some of these people who try to kind of take this Gnostic approach of saying, you have to have full knowledge and uh, affirmation of um, all these doctrinal points in order to be uh, shown grace by God. I don't know how you believe in uh, grace alone if you, if you affirm this concept and idea that you have to hold to all these uh, doctrinal checklists in order for God to show you uh, any level of grace and mercy. Um, it seems pretty clear to me from uh, Hebrews chapter 11 that the whole of faith um, is, is people who had a very simple childlike mustard seed size faith um, and not necessarily a lot of knowledge about all the different doctrinal views and the things that we hold to uh, dear. And I'm, I'm not trying to say these things are not important. I'm just saying I, I don't believe that we're saved by um, uh, affirmation of all the correct doctrines. I think we're saved by grace uh, through faith in, in God, in him and what he's uh, provided for us. And so the, the question. Oh, can you pause it? Please, Vincent. Thank you. Um, so, and there's a there's a whole bunch that he said, and I should have. I've, sorry, one sec. I got. I had. I only just pulled out my uh, my journal, so I'd, from now on, I'm gonna start writing this stuff down because there's a lot that got away that he said. Um, uh, the last thing he just said was basically that. Um, um, was that we're saved by grace through faith in God and in what He's what He's provided? But what He's just said He's just said uh, that the gospel specifics are the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And so I don't see how that would be consistent with His statement from before, unless you know what God has done is that He's been merciful. He's desired mercy over justice, which. Also, I want to would want to question him on on if he's quoting James in that because that would that like I want I, I don't agree with his application there if I if I understand it correctly. But another thing is that he's saying he, he said well the you know the Old Testament saints didn't have a view of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection, and so he's trying to make application uh, until like to our time now, and this is why um, as as uh, Chris and I have discussed um, before, th this is why uh, a view, a proper view of covenant theology is vital. And I think this is, <laughs> this is kind of playing out in this. The, the saints of the Old Testament, well, they didn't, well, they only understood the gospel under uh, types and shadows, still had faith in a promise that God made. It wasn't as if these people just approached God in in um, in any other way. Whether someone wants to say, okay, well, they they approached Him in general revelation, and they put their faith in in God, and they just they somehow apprehended all of these things about God, and and that was that's that was sufficient for them at that time. And now we have the gospel, and it, you know, it was they had the gospel in seed form under types and shadows and under uh and in uh, promises and it's it's not as if they didn't have any type of special revelation now of course god has interacted with his people in time so that's going to if if god has a plan that unfolds in time at point t1 you know the amount of uh, the, the clarity of of 
his plan is not going to be um, as well-developed, or I shouldn't say as well-developed, but as, as fully developed as it is at T2. And so that's just, that's the nature of, you know, just God's plan unfolding in time. Um, there's one, there's one more thing I wanted to mention, uh, but do you, does anybody else want to? Yeah, I, I think um, that what you're hitting on is going to be absolutely pivotal in showing why his analogy to the Old Testament saints fails. Um, I know we're not there yet, but um, just kind of jumping the gun a little bit. I mean, he's going to he's going to want to appeal to what, you know, what he calls the, the light that has been revealed to people kind of like via general revelation. And he's going to want to make an analogy to Old Testament saints and say they're, you know, they're saved apart from um, apart from faith and, you know, directly in Jesus Christ. And I think you're hitting on it exactly in that, you know, they they have the gospel in the Old Testament. Right. I mean, Jesus on the road to Emmaus gave his divine hermeneutics class to his disciples that I think we would all love to have sat through that, you know, he goes through, he went through all of Moses and the prophets. He went through, you know, the entire, the, uh, the entire old, old Testament, the entire Jewish Bible and showed how everything was about him. The author of Hebrews shows that everything points us towards Christ. Um, you know, it, not, not to mention you have Paul saying that the gospel was preached to Abraham. Um, you have Abraham and others meeting the pre-incarnate appearances of Jesus Christ. You have David talking about, you know, the Lord said to my Lord. I mean, you have, all of these, all of these examples from the Old Testament that the New Testament uses specifically to show that God had been revealing the plan of redemption and had been revealing the plan, you know, of of uh, of Jesus Christ um, since the beginning of redemption. I mean, since the proto evangelium in the garden. Um, so hey, it's, you're stealing on my thunder, man. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> no, no, I was just going to point out, like, yeah, in Genesis 3, we have the Proto-Evangelium. I mean, we have it all. And like you also said in Luke 24, 27, where it says the beginning of Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them to all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. I mean, Jesus, you know, pointed out, like, look, I'm all over the, the, the Old Testament. I'm in there. It's all pointing right. to me. And right. It, it, yeah. Yeah, you're I mean that's that's exactly right. So the Old Testament saints, we can rightly say we're believing on the substance of Christ um in ways that, you know, people wouldn't believe on the substance of Christ by looking at, you know, the starry heavens above and the moral law within and inferring that there is a creator. That there there that's just that those just are not analogous things. So I think um where he tries to draw on that to get to his theology just it just fails. Um, simply because of that that covenant theology that that I think Josh you're so you're so rightly hitting on. Yeah, I agree with that, Tyler. But there is, and I'm going to wait a little later to bring this out, but because I'm not sure, I, I've, I've listened to the whole the whole video, but I can't remember if he fleshed this out. But but there is an out that he can take, and it, just in case he's being messy with the way that he's laying it out. And um, I'll, I'll mention that later. So. All right. And there's there's one more thing, and I, it just it literally just uh, slipped my mind what it was about what he said. And I mean, he he kind of retouches upon things that he goes through. So I'm hoping that uh, um, that it'll that it'll come up again. So I'll I'll let it 
um, we can get on uh, with the video. All right, I'm playing it. Uh, specifically about, okay, if the, those are the Old Testament, people like Job, who, who wasn't an Israelite and didn't certainly know about Jesus Christ in specific or the oh, death Vince, can you pause real quick? Yeah, thanks, man. I, I remember what it was. He said, he said <laughs> he jumps from, um, you know, these people didn't know. Uh, and he says, I don't believe it's about, I believe it's about grace alone. It's not about doctrinal, all the doctrinal points. And nobody's, nobody's saying it's about every, like someone doesn't have to understand, you know, something like, I don't like somebody doesn't have to understand something like, you know, hypostatic uh, union. Yeah. And imperfection or, or something like that. Um, now those things uh, are arrived at wherever the, the spirit's working in somebody's life and they have access to the scriptures, then it's only natural that they would come to the, the true understanding of the God man. But we're not saying that we're okay. We're saved by just all of these perfect doctrines. Like he's, it's kind of like a, it's like a false dichotomy between like, it sounds like from what he's saying, theological perfection and then his position. And that, that's not what, you know, it's not what, um, the initial, uh, um, uh, what people were concerned about and what he's responding to, that that's not what they were saying. And I, I, that's not what anybody was saying. Um, but it, that's completely different from saying, okay, well, this gospel, there, there's a core set of, uh, a, a foundational amount of information that someone needs to have and someone needs to be presented with. And, that the spirit works through, um, through the word, you know, to, to, it, it applies to that person's heart. Um, and the spirit brings that person to spiritual life through that information being preached to them as we, as we read in, uh, first Peter. And so, um, I think that's, that's so important because it's not, he, he presents it like a false dichotomy as if those are the, as if anybody took the one option and as if there's no other, um, uh, uh, there's, there's no other positions, uh, between those two points. And also another thing, uh, just really quickly where he says, you know, I don't understand how you, you know, you'd have a doctrinal checklist, uh, when it's by grace alone. And of course it is by grace alone and it's through faith, but faith has an object. And the object of the faith is going to be Jesus Christ and the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's, it's faith always has an object and it's not just by grace, but the, the means through which the grace of God is uh, received as in Ephesians two or, or um, uh, entered into accessed as in Romans chapter five is by faith. And um, yeah, and so I wanted to mention that, and also also that uh, the gospel is we receive the gospel passively by those who have already been uh, brought to spiritual life and are witnesses of God's gospel. We receive passively the proclamation of Jesus Christ and what He's accomplished. We receive that. It's not like we're go or you know striving for that, find that, but that. 
God finds us, you know, when we're dead in sin and we hear the gospel. And then it, it's, it, he's kind of saying it as if like, okay, well, that's not grace. If it's, you know, I don't, that would just undo and turn um, all like biblical categories. As, well, let's say New Testament categories on their head. Because that would, he's, he's kind of, the, he's, he, it seems like he's turning uh, the grounds upon which our salvation is, um, is based and the means, like he's setting them against each other. And that's just, I, I mean, I, I hope he brings that up again, but that's, that just turns so many, or so much of, well, really the, the heart and the heart and soul of, um, uh, the New Testament proclamation on its head. Uh, I saw Vincent, I saw your, your message. You said, who is Peter? No, no, I'm just checking to join our group. I, I always leery about people that have snipes. Uh, oh, oh, I thought you were talking about when I referenced first Peter. I, 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 oh, I was like, <laughs> not biblical Peter. No. Oh. So are y'all ready to keep on? Yes. All right, let me share and I'm going to go on in one second. Share. Here we go. Jesus Christ. Um, even the disciples didn't understand the concept of atonement through uh, the shedding of the, the Messiah's blood until after the fact. It, it, even Paul calls it a mystery that's been hidden uh, for generations. The angels long to look into these things. I mean, these, these are things that were not understood or known uh, in prior generations. And so if you affirm, as I think most scholars do, that God did show mercy and grace to Old Testament believers who did not have a working knowledge of the specifics of who Jesus was and how he, he accomplished salvation, then, then that answers basically the question of whether God can and has shown mercy to people who do not have the specific knowledge of Jesus. Clearly, he has done that. Okay, so he can justly show mercy to people who don't have full understanding of who Jesus is. So once that question's answered, then we move to the next question. Okay, because everybody, if they're rational, <laughs> if they're if they're not just trying to uh, paint somebody as a heretic and try to the, the gotcha game of, of of heresy and the quote unquote discernment ministries who are out there just trying to catch somebody saying something wrong to make them look as bad as possible. There's people out there like that. They're called um, dividers of the church. They're divisive people. They should be warned once, twice, and then you have nothing to do with them. Um, oh, can you pause it real quick? I just want to make a a quick comment about that. Like what he's saying is there's there's some truth in what he's saying about. Uh, certain people and ministries that do that now on this on like I, I do think that this specific issue there's some there's substance in in the accusations that were brought against him and i i'd encourage people to, to look into that but but that's not relevant to uh the topic that he's discussing so whether or not people are, are you know uh, mischievous or you know, or devious or anything like that. Yeah. Now, um, Josh, do you think that when he's, when he's laying this out that the old Testament saints didn't have the specifics of Jesus Christ and, and his work is, is, is he referring back to what he said at the start that it, that all they needed was to know that God is good and merciful. 
or or do you think that he's he would he would say that you know they have everything that that was in the old testament and through that they can paint a picture of the coming messiah or is he or is he still talking about i mean it just seems like he's talking about that that general general revelation is enough to save yes yes he's well and he he's going to develop that that it's in that you know he's going to say something about that later but um so i don't i don't want to jump the gun on that okay. but but as far as um him talking about general revelation rather than putting uh um like old testament revelation together yeah he's it's it's the general revelation point over the other point okay so that, that's <laughs> that's gonna shoot my whole other thing out of the water so no big deal. oh <laughs> oh no well, and, and that's actually, that's really proved by the fact that he makes application from the Old Testament to people who have never heard the gospel. Like that's, that's, right, right. I understand. You know, yeah. all right. All right, here we go. Names of these people, because they they are deceivers and they are trying to divide the church and they've been warned dozens of times not only by traditionalists but calvinists and arminians alike um they are just dividers of the church and so i'm not even going to give them any more press than they've already gotten i'll just say that once we've affirmed that god can and has in the past shown grace and mercy salvific grace and mercy towards those who do not have a full understanding and knowledge of who Jesus was and what he did through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Once we say, yes, he has done that, then the next question is, does he still do that today? Okay? So that's that's the question here. That's the, really the only point of debate. Um, and, and there are two different theories with regard to what God does today, with regard to um, the salvation of those, for example, who have never heard the specific news of Jesus and the gospel. One theory is the theory that I played in that video uh, by William Lane Craig, which is ultimately making the case that in the same way that God was merciful towards uh, the Old Testament saints who did not have a full knowledge of Jesus, they were in ignorance, and therefore they, in a sense, there was the sin of ignorance or the sin of, of the, there was a lack of knowledge, they would only be judged based upon the light and the revelation that they've been given. And therefore, God, even today, like he did in the Old Testament, may show salvific mercy and grace on somebody who dies in ignorance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but yet had a level of faith in the, the message that God had brought to them through other means, that maybe not as, as a specific message. That's one theory, okay? That's not been the theory that I have actually held to. That's just been one of two of the theories. The theory that I've proposed on my broadcast is to simply say that God shows grace to those who are faithful with a little light of revelation by bringing them more light. And so both positions believe that God shows grace to those who are faithful with a little light. Um, the, the, the position that William Lane Craig was holding is that the grace that he shows to them is by uh, possibly showing them salvific grace or saving them even in their ignorance, whereas my position as is has been is God shows grace by bringing them more light, more revelation, like he did with Cornelius, was my example. If, if Cornelius was faithful with a little light of the revelation he'd been given through the law and the, God, and the, and the, uh, the prophets, then God was faithful to bring him Paul, uh, Peter, um, just like he's oh, the, the eunuch. Um, can pause real quick? I, I really want to I, I know what being faithful with 
revelation means because we were i mean because Leighton said that he doesn't understand how um we could be saved by grace if there are certain things that we have to be knowledgeable of that we have to know but then he's saying we have to be faithful with revelation so how is that consistent with what with what he said before you know i don't i don't understand how he can accuse us of that and then or or, i i don't want to make it sound like he was talking about us he wasn't but accuse our position of that and then go you know go and say what he just said but also in in and as we're probably on, on the panel all like kind of leery about uh, the word faithful because of N.T. Wright and people like, like N.T. Wright, <laughs> you know, like what does faithfulness mean without he's using it? You know, um, so God shows grace to those who are faithful with. Does that mean those who, you, you know, like it could mean a, 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 a number of different things, like those who are who perform good works or something like that uh, out of a faith in general revelation or just those who have faith in God through general revelation. So it's like there and, and several other things like, I don't understand, you know, I really don't understand uh, how that, wh- what that means. Well, he did actually, he actually made the contrast that I was, uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to make or not. And I couldn't remember, sorry, but he did contrast the one view that, that William Lake Craig posits uh, uh, over and against his view. So from what he just said there, I agree with you. It's hard to, it's hard to, to, to put together what he just said with what he had said earlier. But from what he said there, I don't so much, have a problem with what he lays out. I would have a problem if, if he if he tried to posit what he said Craig did, and that is that uh, someone today in in just their ignorance can be they can be judged by how they react to that ignorance. You know that 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 level of light they've been given. That I would have right. a bad issue with. But for what what he posited that and what he said and and. We're, and just speaking specifically about the gospel here, because when I, I'm, I don't want to get into to Calvinism or anything like that. So what he said with someone who has a certain amount of light, and if they do X with that light, then God brings them more. It sounds to me that he's positing the position that, yes, they have to have that that um, that further special revelation in order to come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, that I don't have so much problem with. The, the way he started the video out, I don't know if he was just extremely messy with it, and I, I'm, I don't remember exactly how he, how he goes from here, but just in that, that section, I think at least from, from my point of view, he made the contrast I was looking for in order for me to, to say, you know, I, okay, I can, I can understand what you're saying here, and it's not as bad as it seemed from, from the start. You know, I can. I actually made a comment relevant to that in the in uh, uh, the Facebook group. But I, since we haven't come to that part yet, I'll. I don't want to ju- jump the gun again. <laughs> really, he, I, I mean, he goes different than this later. <laughs> I. I think he's not have listen to all this. If, if memory serves, I think he does. But I, if if I'm wrong, I'm. You know, if I misheard, then I misheard. But we'll. You know, that will definitely come up later in the video and. You know, that's that's why it's good that this is impromptu and stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, so, y'all ready? Yeah.
Philip, in a miraculous way, he brings Nineveh to Nineveh. He brings Jonah. God has uh, at his disposal ways in which to get the message to people. And my, my theory has been, again, these are theories because there's not a specific passage that says, you know, in specific, this is what God has done or how God has treated those um, that do not have the light of revelation. Well, I, you could actually say Romans 1 and 2 is answering that question because the Gentiles were those people in that day. The Gentiles were the people who were outside of the covenant. They didn't know the, the Torah. They didn't know the teachings of Isaiah and the other prophets. And therefore, that's what Paul is kind of answering by talking about general revelation, the light of a conscience, um, by which we can know who God is and we can uh, choose to, uh, to, to believe in him and trust in him um, even through that light. Now, people have asked, do you believe then, therefore, that people can be saved by general revelation? And I've always tried to clarify, people aren't saved by revelation at all. People are saved by grace through faith in whatever light and revelation they've been granted. They've been given by God. And so it, it, it kind of conflates those two issues. Yes, with, no, can you pause it, Vincent? I think he knew. <laughs> he hovered his mouse over the, over the video, and he knew he knew he was about to pause it. Like he, he, I thought he was going to do it. Uh, Vincent was going to say something. Like, cause he, he hovered his, his mouth. <laughs> um, so there's the, that's, that's the first, uh, and he made, if he made a comment before that, that I was not being good in, in writing this stuff down, but so could, do you mind if we went back like 30 seconds to, to see, but before that, um, before I comment on what he said before, uh, the comment that he just made was the one that really um, was was really shocking, and and I don't, and I, and and I hope everybody knows that nobody here is saying this because you know to be contentious or anything against Leighton, but like that's not at all the purpose or anything like that. It's just it's what what he's saying that we're we're focusing on. But to say that you know. To, that we're saved by grace through faith. And then he says in whatever the object is, whatever revelation we've been given. And that, that is like, that seems to be uh, Dr. Craig's position. Like, yeah, that, you know, that, that that's what I was fixing to say. That seems to directly contradict what he had just laid out before the right. contrast between William Lloyd Craig and himself, where he actually laid out what I would say was an okay ordeal that, that, you know, God brings someone to this point X where he comes to faith in Christ. But then now he seems to lay out a position that wherever they are, whatever revelation they're given, this is what constitutes whether or not they are saved. So yeah, I, I, that seems to be a direct contradiction to what he had just said earlier. Right. Right. And, and that was, that's, a, that's actually exactly how I was going to put it, but that, that's why it's, it's troubling. And then to appeal to, um, uh, I think that's what it was. Maybe what I was going to say is, is to appeal to Romans chapter one. Um, like, of course, for, for knowledge of God, that's the, both sides would agree with that, but then to make application to, you know, and I want to be careful here, but to, to well, that you can get cell or, or start the salvific process through right. revelation is right, right, and and um, actually, like that's uh, and the, I would I would recommend um, highly the three volume uh, set of Holy Scripture, the ground and pillar of our faith. I'm working through volume one right now, um, and that's by William Webster and David King, but. 
the first first volume is um, is uh, the biblical defense of sola scriptura, and the first few chapters open with a distinction between general and special revelation, and it's it's amazing. It's it's very very well done, um, and I don't I don't have it right next to me, but maybe I can share some of the quotes in the group, um, and some of uh, yeah some of what's said, but. To appeal to Romans 1 and then try to make uh, application to like a soteriological context is, is troubling because the result, especially for this reason, is that the result of everything that's said in Romans chapter 1 and everything that's said in Romans chapter 2 uh, is, is uh, condemnation. And the only ones that are like like Paul lays out two categories of men, uh, um, or two I should say two. Let me just say two categories. One is uh, the the road of perfect law keeping. The other one is sinning under the law or apart from the law, which is perishing. You know, and and everybody falls into the latter category, and then the gospel is brought in. There's there's no discussion of um, of you know well, men are capable of doing such and such to gain such and such or something like that from God or not in, I'm not saying in a workspace type of a way or anything like that, but there's no, there's no kind of give and take between man and God uh, in Romans chapter one. Um, And as, as many have said, and I I can say this and we could, we could flesh it out maybe um, in a little bit, but general revelation, uh, man is held accountable for that. And the whole point of uh, Romans one uh, and two, I mean, and, and three, and, and other passages, is that man like clearly takes the second category and rebels against God, and that's that's something that he does, that's something that he does naturally. It's not as if there's there. Um, like actual individuals that would, uh, you know, well, let me not, let me not get into that. Let me, like maybe we can go into Romans one uh, in a little bit, but, but I hope that that's basically the point, the, the contention that we have. Yeah. But, Oh, could you, could you go back just like maybe like 15 seconds? I don't think, cause I think that it was the Romans application. Oh, you there, Vincent? Sorry, I'm dealing with something real fast. Oh, no worries, no worries, no worries. Yeah, no, actually, my um, my, I might like I'll be I'll be here, but I might I might adjust spots and it take like probably like ninety seconds once we're listening. So no worries. We can we can always edit and things like that. No, no, yeah, we're good. If, uh, y'all are ready? I'll continue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me present everyone. I'm, you know, putting them together and trying to say things like, "Well, people can be saved apart oh, from." Can you go back? Not more, a, yeah, to like eight, maybe like eight twenty, eight twenty. I guess would be a pretty good spot around there. 
Thanks, well, man. Uh, I get, give me give me thirty seconds to take care of a three <laughs> upset three year old. Okay, no worries, no worries. So I think um, um, what <laughs> that's weird. I remember I remember this right now, but um, when he said uh, saved, Leighton said saved by revelation, and I don't think nobody's saying we're saved by revelation. Like no, but like that's not what I don't think that's what the people who initially brought up this, you know, we're talking about, but that's also not what we're saying. Um, like God is, we're saved by grace through faith. And the object of that faith is the specific relation, uh, specific revelation, I'm sorry, in the person work of Christ. And now, and also one thing, one distinction, and I think this is starting to be brought up um, that we have to make is um, between uh, being saved by the person and work of Christ, being saved by it in that Christ's person and work is efficacious for our salvation. And then that we have to distinguish that from faith in the revelation or the revelation of God in Jesus Christ and his person and work as the object of our faith. Those are two different concepts. You have the efficacy of the person of the death of Christ in his work. And on the other side, you have the object of someone's faith. So those are two different things. Cause, and, and when someone says, so when someone says, Oh, you can be saved apart from the work of Christ, what they're, what they're. And I, I think this might be, um, I, I, that was my thought was that it, it might be misunderstood by Leighton when people say this, but people are referring to the latter. You can be saved apart from the object of a person's faith. And, and so, I mean, some people might've, people might've been, I, you know, might've been referring to the, to the former, but typically when people say that, I would imagine that they're referring to, uh, referring to the latter, but, um, actually, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to adjust. I'll still be listening. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll, it'll be like 90 seconds. It'll take That's me fine. to do that. So That's fine. I'm, uh, I'll play it. You let me know, say stop. Okay. I hope this is good. I'm going to even go back to uh, eight. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. We can know who God is, and we can uh, choose to uh, to to believe in Him and trust in Him, um, even through that light. Now, people have asked, "Do you believe then, therefore, that people can be saved by general revelation?" And I've always tried to clarify: people aren't saved by revelation at all. People are saved by grace through faith in whatever light and revelation they've been granted. They've been given by God. And so it, it, it conflates those two issues when you start, um, you know, putting them together and trying to say things like, well, people can be saved apart from Jesus. No, no, not a single person will be in heaven apart from the atoning work of Christ. Christ is the one who saves. He's the one who has made salvation possible for every man, woman, boy, and girl. But um, let, I, I want to just think about this. Let's, let's back away for a second and let's think about what other theory is option is the option out there okay because you've got people over here who've never heard the message of jesus christ okay what is the if, if, the, if the option is not william lane craig's possible option or billy, billy graham's possible option which is that god like he did in the old testament shows a level of grace and mercy to those who are in ignorance and therefore only judges people based upon the level of revelation they've been given um the other theory which is typically the Southern Baptist theory, Robert Jeffers preached this in a sermon. I've heard actually 
believe it or not, um, in 1981, uh, um, John MacArthur preached a message similar saying this theory, which is that God will bring more light to those who are faithful with a little amount of light. And, and that's, a, that's a means of showing grace to them. And therefore, uh, since the time of Christ, since the New Testament times, um, God's way of means of showing grace is by bringing more light, more revelation, so that people uh, can can know about who Jesus is, and therefore enter into the the new covenant with Christ and and receive the Holy Spirit. And and so there's those two theories. Okay, let's think about the third theory, and let's think about, relatively speaking, which of the three theories is really blasphemous, as the word has been used, and heretical, as the word has been used. Um, the third theory is this, God doesn't love those who are in ignorance. And the reason that they didn't get the gospel is because God didn't really want them to have the gospel. Salvifically speaking, he really, he rejected them before the foundation of the world for no apparent reason. When I say no apparent reason, I mean no known reason, except for the secret counsels of his will that nobody, nobody knows why, just arbitrarily, and again, look up the word arbitrary because arbitrary means making a decision for oneself and by oneself without any regard to anybody else. That's what arbitrary is. And that's what the definition uh, of the word is. And it's perfectly explains that Calvinistic theory. I do want to point out real fast that we're not here to discuss Calvinism tonight. So we're going to kind of ignore some of this stuff. Just, just for people who are listening, who are wondering why we may not be addressing certain issues. We're, we're here to talk about the gospel on this. So, Sorry, I just want to interrupt and, and like. Oh, and I'm all set. I'm all set up now. Um, one thing. What is it? I well, can you? Can, sorry, can you can you go back like, like possibly forty seconds? I feel so selfish by doing this. All right. Man. <laughs> no, sorry, I was going to ask you something too because they kind of cut out a little bit. Um, there were some key words I think we missed. Yeah. 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 God doesn't really love those who are in ignorance. And the reason that they didn't get the gospel is because God doesn't really want them to have the gospel. Salvifically speaking, he really, he rejected them before the foundation of the world for no apparent reason. When I say no apparent reason, I mean no known reason, except for the secret counsels of his will that nobody, nobody knows why, just arbitrarily, and again, look up the word arbitrary because arbitrary means making a decision for oneself and by oneself without any regard to anybody else. That's what arbitrary is. And that's what the definition uh, of the word is. And it's perfectly explains that Calvinistic theory. Can I, can I ask you something, CK, real fast? Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen uh, Chris's message in the side chat. Oh, um, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, maybe later, but I, I would want to, yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly later, just because I want to. We'll just keep continuing. All right, y'all, let me know when to stop. Okay. Because ultimately, if there's a group of people who have not heard the gospel, it's because God did not want them to hear the gospel. If there's a group of people who did not get the gospel, it's because God didn't elect them. He didn't want them. He rejected them before the foundation of the world, before they oh, did can I, or bad. Can I, I wanted to say one quick thing about uh, the accusation of it being arbitrary. And I mean, the way that he defined arbitrary, um, by that definition, like I think any 
um, anybody in this position, which we're not talking about Calvinism, but you know, they would, they would embrace that, but they would say, okay, well, that term, I think being used, there's, that's like me calling somebody a name that has a certain connotation to it. And I'm saying, oh, well, I mean it in this sense. It's like, well, yeah, but if you don't, if you at one time forget to explain that, then somebody is going to misunderstand and repeat that and parrot it in a way that you didn't mean they're going to misuse your statement. So I think it's just, I, I think it's a, it is a um, irresponsible use of words. Um, but, uh, but also another point in that if someone were to posit, which Leighton is not positing, but if somebody were to misuse his words and say, God is arbitrary um, in the sense that most people would think about, then um, I think, and I think Dr. White has said this before, but um, ultimate beings can't be arbitrary and that all, um, and he fleshes it out uh, quite a bit more than this. But one thing to think about is God being the one who all, all purpose in the universe like he, he's the ultimate being, his purpose is the ultimate purpose. All things work together for his purposes and, and for his, um, um, for, to, to his glory. And so nothing that he does is arbitrary since and anything to have meaning must come from, uh, or, or must be um, serving him, you know, or, or so it's, it's if, if I uh, put that in a, I guess in, in an understandable way or, or the proper way, but ultimate beings cannot be, and there's only one ultimate being, but the fact that he is ultimate means that he cannot be arbitrary, not in the sense that Leighton just said, but in the sense that many people would understand that word. But yeah. yeah. Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. For no apparent reason whatsoever just to glorify his own name. So of the three theories we've talked about, which one is really... Well, hold on, isn't that a reason though? All right, just, just an aside, go. Detestable when you really begin to think about it. And, and that's why it, it, you get these people who are just come out and that's just shock and awe. Oh my gosh, William Lane Craig has a theory that people can be saved apart from Jesus. That's not what he said. He was very clear to say people can only be saved through Jesus Christ. But then he went on to explain, as he's done in the Old Testament, he holds, holds people responsible for the light of revelation they've been given. That's a reasonable theory. And, and it also doesn't paint God as this arbitrary um, hater of most of humanity before they're ever born. I'm just, I'm just saying, when we begin to look at what Scripture actually teaches about the character and the nature of God, which of these theories is really preposterous? Okay, you pause. That's and and that makes me want to go pretty like priest up, you know. <laughs> if I, it's, it's hard not to avoid the Cal the Calvinism in this. Well, well, not only that, it's just like the when he says which one is more preposterous, which one is detestable. I mean, by what standard are you measuring those things? And if someone wants to say, because I think because Leighton has said this in the past that like if his good is our bad and vice versa, like the, the C.S. Lewis quote. But even amongst humans, who's who's the us? Like, who's what's our good and our bad? As if all humans hold to the same good and bad uh, uh, opinions. And I'm not talking about 
you know, if you take Romans two to be uh, um, pagan Gentiles over and against Christian Gentiles, I think I, t I take that position. There is evidence that it, you know, or, or there's possibility that it might not be pagan Gentiles. But even if you took that position, um, like what makes him, uh, what what makes him think that all humans have the same good or bad uh, subjectively? Like I I don't like we'd have to ground ground that in um, any statements like that in, in an objective moral good standard and bad can be very arbitrary. Right. Right. Yeah. And we, we'd have to have an objective standard apart from God's character to even like talk about uh, something like that in a meaningful fashion, uh, which like, I mean, cause as well as Leighton can say, which one is more detestable or which one is, is, is worse. And I'd say, well, it's the one that you hold to. You know, and it's just like any, it's just, it, it just becomes a game of um, like, you know, my thought or my opinion is better than your opinion, but it's not, it's not really meaningful. I mean, it would only be meaningful um, to people who agree with his position already. And their presupposition is that, well, Leighton's standard of um, detestable and all these things is my standard. And then they would agree with him. But we don't, and you know, so we wouldn't agree with them. So that just it just becomes uh, arbitrary, subjective. I am I, I'm reminded of um, Ben Shapiro, where he says feelings don't care about facts, and in in here, Leighton is kind of presenting, you know, three scenarios, and he's basically saying which one makes you feel better. You know, he doesn't even go to the scripture. I mean, I know that you know, facts past, don't care about feelings, yeah, but. Yeah, facts don't feel care about feelings. Yeah, right. That's a good yeah, point. I, I, I think I think if uh, especially if I, I heard Matt Slick and what John said and what you said, John, because I know I know um, uh, Matt would have he he would have really had a field day with. I I love it when you know somebody like an atheist will say something is good or bad and he'll jump on it. You know, and they'll say, well, the, and then I'll talk about objective standards and stuff. So. All right. Ready to go? Yeah. Yes. And, and should be called damnable and all the other words that are being thrown out there. Um, then the theory that says that ultimately the people who don't hear the good news of Jesus Christ are people that God didn't want to hear the good news of Jesus Christ especially in light of all the passages that clearly indicate that God wants the gospel to go out to every single person and that he desires the salvation of every single person and all of the passages which talk about how the light has been made known to all men. What light is he talking about that's been made known to all men if not the common grace of general revelation that God through nature, through conscience, through all the means at his disposal has made known his attributes and his characteristics in a such a way that people can respond in a positive light to him. Now, again, let me just clarify one more time. Responding positively in faith to any revelation does not make you save-worthy. It doesn't make you... Um, it, it, it doesn't make you automatically, okay, well, now that person, because they believed in the revelation of, of, of God through either general the light of revelation or through specific revelation, that that now somehow makes them um, 
um, merit their salvation, that they've earned their salvation. If that were the case, if, if believing in God freely, as we propose, merits salvation, then what was the purpose of the cross? If when the publican tears his clothes and cries out, woe is me, a sinner, God have mercy on me, if that in and of itself could merit his salvation, then why did then why did Jesus have to shed his blood? Uh, can you pause it? Um, <clears throat> and again, there's something that I wanted to point out, and it slipped my mind um, from before. I do remember what I what I wanted to pause it for, though, was basically I would recommend to anybody to do a study in church history of the um, uh, and this is not for the sake of talking about Calvinism, but it's just for this because uh, because of uh, the Synod of Dort in the Arminian controversy, there was a discussion about Arminians uh, held to uh, accept Talatio, a position called that, and then the Calvinists held to accept Tatio. And the, the difference was basically that uh, the, the reform said that Christ's death um, was uh, as as to his efficacy, it was God accepted his death as an equivalent for uh, the sins of um, uh, you know for for uh, the sins that he was expiating and for the for those he was he was setting free. Whereas the Arminians said there was an acceptalatio where you know um, Christ's death wasn't necessarily one for one equivalent with everything he was going to, you know, everything he was purchasing, but God accepted it anyways. So it was an acceptance of something that was not equivalent. So in the same sense, and, and that would be, it'd be best to, to go and read the, uh, the canons of Dort and just um, uh, the background behind that whole controversy. But the reason why I bring this up here is because nobody's, I don't think anybody said, that um, someone repenting is making them save worthy as if they have merited their salvation in, in the sense of, okay, this makes somebody, this, this expiated somebody's sins and was worthy of perfect, is a perfect righteous act that is worth their salvation, is, is, it, it can purchase their salvation by what they just did. But the alternative to that, if that's not the case, is, okay, well, this person did something. While it's not equivalent to what they're gaining, God still gives it to them in a, in a transaction that's non-one-for-one, um, if, if I could say it that way. And, and, and they do something that's not equivalent with, with what is being given, but it's still... It, it, it's still... Um, uh, a kind of um, it, it still doesn't help the it still doesn't help the issue. Both of those are, I would say, unbiblical concepts. And and I know Leighton wouldn't he wouldn't describe it that way, um, but I think that's what it would essentially boil down to. Is like, uh, and and that's actually in another point as well of of the canons of Dort, uh, where it stated that um, uh, some of their opponents had the opinion that faith is a new law and that God gives, you know, whoever does X will be saved. And though this action of X is not equivalent with what the person doing X is gaining, though it's not equivalent, 
God still accepts it in view of Christ's work and gives them something. So it's, it's, does that all make sense? I hope that, um, basically they call it a new law. And that's, I think that's kind of, though Leighton's, uh, saying, okay, well, it's not that they're save worthy. And, and I understand what he's saying there, but that would fall into, and I believe any, like, um, any, any system like that or statements like that would fall into that other category. Does that make sense, guys? I, I hope that that makes sense, especially with the, I didn't, I was going off of, uh, and I can post that except Palacio, except Tashio. There's, there's a good article on that um, that I could post in the group. But that was all, you know, this is impromptu. That was all off the top of my head. So. Rebel bait. <laughs> yeah. um, you guys, does that make sense? The, I hope, I hope it does. Yeah. And just uh, heads up, we've we got like 40 minutes left on the live. So I don't know how far we'll get, but we can do another session, you know, next Friday if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, any any thoughts, Chris, on, at this point, or you ready to just move on? Yeah, um, yeah, we can move on. All right. I'm gonna uh, and he ripped his clothes, and therefore, if that merits your salvation, there's no reason for Jesus to die. If Abraham believing oh, okay. merited his salvation, then why? Can you pause it? Yeah, thank you, Vincent. Um, so he's talking about meriting forgiveness, and that's exactly what I was talking about. Is that I understand exactly what Leighton is saying because I saw in light of a comment I just saw in the live chat. I understand exactly what Leighton's saying, and I completely one hundred percent agree with it not meriting. But the problem is, it's it's like this. It's it's like saying if I went into a store wanted to buy, um, like I have my eye on uh, a new, you know, PC parts. I want to buy a PC. It's going to be um, over, over a grand to buy it. If I went into the place like Best Buy, for example, and it costs, let's say, uh, $1,200 and I only have $200. But I say I give my $200 to a person and say, you know, I don't have the money, but, you know, I really – appreciate Best Buy and I have my trust in Best Buy to do the right thing um, in all of their service and they're always upstanding. And so my trust in Best Buy and the 200 I put in are not an equivalent. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be meriting specifically giving uh, some something worthy of what I would be receiving, which would be the PC parts. But they gave it to me anyways. So I didn't technically merit what I got, but Still, what I gave, um, though in equivalent, was returned with, you know, the PC parts. So it's it's basically a transaction that's in it's not equivalent. It's in it's a uh, um, it's imbalanced. But I still receive that that thing. And and so we I understand what Layton's saying, but I don't think he escapes that second category. Is that does that make sense? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully it does. Sorry, I keep asking that just because I, I saw the the live chat. And I think it was what I said before was misunderstood. But anyways, still, it's still you adding you're you're adding what you have to it. So right, and and something you have is being accepted 
as like for a transaction with something that God has and it's, and it's okay. Well, because you know, faith, I have faith. God gives me because I've exercised this. God's given me something that he has or that, that, that he has in Christ. And, um, and it's just, it's not like, it's not, uh, it's still not free at that point. I mean, we could talk about that. That goes more into grace issue, but, um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't want to get too far off of, but I sent you this, uh, this coupon it's only good at best buy if you try to go down to uh, circuit city and use it it's not going to work right <laughs> here we can get into some weird stuff uh let's let's it, keep going okay and i understand it's not meritorious i i'm watching the live chat i understand it's not meritorious that's not at all what i'm saying i need i should just post the the thing you, and yeah because that's not at all what i'm saying response so. to the little light you're given not merit more is that why well, I, I i think that would I think that would, but not in the sense that he's saying, talking about right now. It's not, it's not worthy. What Layton seems to be saying is it's not worthy of what's, what's returned. And that's definitely nobody would. Yeah, no, I don't you know, think people would disagree with that. Right, right. Nobody would disagree with that. I mean, I mean, maybe an Arminian from the, you know, from, uh, um, uh, you know, five centuries ago would, but we, we would definitely not disagree with that. But yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, keep going. I'm, I'm, we're going. Ready? Right. Yeah, yeah. Why did Jesus even have to die? Why not just say, oh, well, Abraham, you believe, therefore you've merited your own salvation. It's not what he says. You're credited with the righteousness of Christ when you believe upon the Lord because he has atoned the death and the shedding of blood is necessary for the remission of sins. Therefore, faith, even if freely offered, even if it's your responsibility and you do it, is not sufficient to give salvation, to make somebody saved. You and that's exactly what we just said. That's exactly what we just went through. I just wanted to say that. That's that's What he just said is exactly what, what I was, the point I was trying to make, and exactly what... Um, what I think, Vincent, what you're, you know, what, what people are, what you were saying, and that, that's, a, I, you know, following what he's saying. I just wanted to say that. But. All right. Here we go. Atoning blood of Christ. So no one is saved apart from atoning blood of Christ. But people have been, in the Old Testament times, have been saved apart from knowing Christ personally, in the sense of knowing who he was and what he did on the cross, that has happened. That's just a fact of the matter. And so now the question is, in New Testament times, how does God handle those who have never heard the specific revelation of Jesus Christ? Does he judge them purely based upon the light of revelation they've been given and therefore show them grace either salvifically by just saving them if they have responded with a, in a positive way to the light they've been given, as William and Craig seems to argue. So, real fast, I'd like to bring up. What, what do you think on? I mean, how would Acts seventeen thirty? You know, he he winked upon. You know, he looked past that in days past, but now, you know, we have enough revelation that you have to repent. Now, it seems like he's making a standard. 
from the Old Testament to try to interpret the New Testament with that I think is done away with at that, that, you know. What are your thoughts on what he's saying there? Well, I think it's misapplied in the first place. And then on top of that, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it, I think the hermeneutic is kind of, is, is backwards um, to, to say something like that. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, and I, I definitely would want to go through um, like Acts 17, um, uh, like 22 through 30. And I think there was a comment, there's a comment about, um, man, what's the verse? Um, um, oh, verse 27, that they would seek God if perhaps they might grow prim and find him, though he's not far from each uh, each one of us, there was a comment made by that uh, in, in one of the groups. I, I don't remember which Facebook group it was. And I think uh, he mentioned that in his video. That's, that's not, I mean, like, like I'd want to go through that whole passage at some point to, oh, to yeah. talk about, you know, to talk about that. But yeah, I, I do think that um, working through like exegeting Acts 17, uh, especially coming in 1730, um, God is now declaring men, uh, declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Yeah, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. I mean, yeah. how, how are you going to repent without, what are you repenting from? Right, and to, yeah, from or to. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, because that's a, to, to repent is to is to be internally converted. Like it's not it's not of course not penance, <laughs> but it's to. Um, Can you repent without faith? I mean that that's. Yeah, both of those are well, and he's. I don't think Leighton would ever say that. Um, I don't want to speculate. I I don't think he would ever say that. From what we what he's presented here, uh, I don't think he has said that. But. I don't understand the knowledge. You're not judged by the knowledge, but uh, yeah, I don't want to straw man it. So let's let's just keep going. Okay. Okay. You in that video, or does God show grace by bringing more revelation, more light, so that they may put their trust and faith in? Christ like we see with Cornelius and Lydia and other examples within the New Testament times. I have cited more the, the, the latter of those two theories than the former. I don't think the former is heretical or, or, or just horrible, heinous, and oh my gosh, can't believe that you did it. Um, but I do think the theory that says that God doesn't really love the people that don't hear the gospel, or that God rejected the people for no apparent reason before they were ever born, um, I do think that theory is preposterous because it, it draws into question God's very character and nature and, and draws into and questions. So right. Maybe by by our standards, we could question his very character and nature. But from our sub subjective standards, or maybe I mean, I or maybe he could. I, I wouldn't. But. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I avoid judging God. I agree. And I think. That yeah. Right. Right. I think you have to take into all of God's attribute when you make even some kind of inference on those statements like that. It just seems to pick 
one or two attributes that he likes and, and doesn't take into account all of them. Right, right. Yeah. I'm glad you don't judge God, Reese. <laughs> I'm that's exactly what I was thinking. The way he yeah, the way Reese put it was really good. All right, carrying on. Okay. Of scripture. Um and so these people who are just uh, gaslighting and you know what gaslighting is just this oh my goodness are you ignorant are you stupid are you just oh my gosh you're just so far oh or unorthodox and oh just gasp and oh oh my gosh can anybody believe that somebody would have that theory if anybody should be reacting that way to a theory it's the theory that God has rejected most of humanity for no apparent reason before the world ever began and doesn't I just I don't like this whole there there's no apparent reason. God gives us reasons. I just he's missing that one. I, I'm carrying on. I just said right. well yeah, yeah. No, and and um and and the thing is too, and I presented this I presented his points to uh, a coworker, the only other Christian I know at my temp job who does who is like adamantly opposed to like, you know, my, my positions adamantly, all I had to do, I told him what he said, what Leighton said, you know, and he was one, like he pretty much, he would agree with everything that we've said so far, you know, and, and he's radically opposed to what I've said or to, or to my, to my positions. Um, you know, you can look at my, at my, at my username, my logo and, know exactly what he's opposed to vocally but um but yeah he yeah he, he's opposed to, this is not just uh it's this is not about um about you know worldview uh or anything like that specific to calvinism or it's it's not like this was never i um this was not the gospel that I was saved by, and that's the first thing I thought when I was, when I was just thinking about meditating, you know, kind of meditating on what Leighton was saying and thinking about it, comparing the scripture. I was like, that is not the gospel that I was preached or that I was saved by. What that, that is not what gave me peace with God, you know? So like, that's why it was that personally, that's why it was shocking to hear him say some of these things. Anyone else? We'll keep going. I really love them. And if there's some uh, person or group of people out in a tribe in New Guinea who've never heard the specific revelation of Jesus Christ, that God just didn't really love them, didn't really want them, doesn't really want them. Oh, one, yeah, one more thing. Yeah, the, my coworker, so one thing he specifically said was that if God is, if God by his very word created the universe and all that's in it. Um, and he orders, he orders these things, um, like these things, uh, constantly. Why would that same God not be able to save with the gospel, with, with the message of his son, those people on remote islands and things like that? Why would he not like, why would he not be able to save them? You know, that's, like from and that's a question that he 
said would have to be answered by Leighton's position. Why, you know, if why why doesn't he send uh, why doesn't he send them to those countries? Like why doesn't why aren't those people reached before they die? If God if God is the the author of life life and death itself, as you know, for example, Deuteronomy talks about the Job talks about the Psalms like talk about um, it's, if he's the author, Job, you know, Job fourteen the the um, the extent of the days of man is in the hand of God. And David asks God, you know, please reveal to me the extent of, of my days and no, help me it, like reveal to me my, when my end is going to be, I believe that was uh, Psalm 38 or 39. You know, if he has these things under his control, then that just is like, that begs a question from Layton's perspective. Why would, you know, because I feel like this, and I say this because I think this position, um, I, I think this position is almost like saying like, well, you know, God, you know, he, he special revelation for some reason can't be given to these people. So they need a backup plan. They need, they need something else because, you know, God, and that, that's what it seems like to me that it's, he he needs he needs this this other plan this plan B, um, because why does that does that make sense? Because why isn't it why isn't that information getting to those people? Guess God's not effective. Yeah, and it's like it, that's what it seems like to me because it's like well, would it be all right with Leighton to say, well, God's, you know it. He, he's coming to those people with, with special revelation through the many missionaries that the church is sending out, or is that not, you know, what's, what's wrong with saying that? Why does this need to be an option? Like, why does that need, why does this need to be a theory? I think this is a theory because, because it's recognized that not everybody is presented with the gospel. And then an explanation is given for that, you know, it, it yeah. You know, I think it leads into a, a. I think like with the biblical data and just for you know, as as our final authority, and when we take a look at what's actually going on, it leads to a position. But that's just not. It's not this either of the theories that were presented. But yeah. All right. Um, I'm just going to say we got like 19 minutes left. Just to okay. Give a fair warning. How, how many hours are we into the show? Uh, we're 16 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, it's a 46 minute thing. Yeah. No, no. So, how long we how long we've been going live? Oh, oh. us since nine, a little after nine, I think. Okay. My time, right. so ten your time, right? CK. I don't know. We go. We seem to lose yeah. track of time when we do these things. Yeah, I think it was like an hour and a half at this okay. point. Yeah, just uh, let's try not to go over two hours. Yeah, I'd try to. I'd like to at least cut it off at two because that's a long podcast for people. <laughs> I, I I've really been trying to be good and do hour, hour and a half max, but since we only have CK a short period of time, we got to take advantage of them. Yeah, we're taking advantage oh. of it, bro. <laughs> no, I have. I got time tonight. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to go too long. I hear you guys. I I got time tonight. And um oh one and I'm watching the, the the live chat 
And I know I, I want to respond to Layton, but I'm just not going to because I I don't want to get emotional and let that drive me. Yeah, I I mean no, it's not not a, as an emotional thing. I I mean some people said like Doctor uh, Doctor Flowers Layton said who said it's not getting to them. And I mean, but the thing is, if that special revelation is getting to them, which, you know, well, if it is getting to them, then what's the necessity of either of the positions that were raised? If it is getting to them, like, and I'm talking specifically about special revelation, that would just, that would kind of render both of those theories unnecessary and, and just, you know, really pointless the whole discussion yeah. right you're right and that would just you know if it is getting to them i'd say well what's the necessity of these two theories that are were presented that would you know i do want to say before we end uh, later one of us has got to give a gospel message because we'll give what the gospel is in full yes. all right let's let's continue for a little while and then we'll uh okay I hate, I hate that I have to keep I have to up my volume so y'all hear it because it's the YouTube recording of it it's kind of like oh the theory of Calvinists that's the theory consistent theory of Calvinists is that ultimately God does not really want those who end up dying in ignorance of the specific knowledge of Jesus and that I think flies in the face of what Romans 1 and 2 teaches and so if we're going to act like we're so appalled at any theory of these three, three theories, I think it needs to be acting appalled at the theory that God has rejected most of humanity before the world ever began and that he somehow hates and rejects, salvifically speaking at least, those who never heard the specific revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the reason they didn't get it. The reason they didn't get the gospel is because Jesus really didn't want them to get the gospel. God didn't really choose them to get the gospel. That is what I think we should uh, be calling out as preposterous. Um, and so I, I did put this on a, a post there at uh, Sociology 101's Facebook page, which, by the way, the Sociology101.com is down for some reason. I've contacted WordPress and figured out what is wrong with it. Don't know why it's down, but it's down. And so it'll be up hopefully by tomorrow or maybe even by the end of the day. But I did put this out, uh, a word on inclusivism. For the record, I believe that that one can only be saved by the atoning work of Jesus. In other words, no one is saved apart from Jesus Christ in his work. Okay. Wait, can we pause real quick? That that is not ever that's never been contended by I mean maybe it has by somebody. I just mean as far as I know from the people who he's he's responding to or any you know I've never heard somebody um I've never heard somebody say that. I've never heard somebody say that. Like cuz and I think here and this is, I think this is, I said this a little bit before, what I'm sensing is that Leighton's misunderstanding the objections that people are bringing, because people aren't saying that he's saying, um, people aren't saying that Leighton's saying that people are saved apart from Christ's death and the, the efficacy of his death. What people are saying is that, are you saying that people are saved apart from the knowledge of the gospel as contained in scripture? as proclaimed, you know, first Peter, what, what the content of that, that preached good news in first Corinthians, uh, uh, well, first Corinthians 15, but I, I meant first Peter one and, and Romans one and Romans eight, like, is, is this, is that apart from the specific content of that, that gospel, not the, the faith with that being the object of a person's faith. 
is it apart from that being the object of a person's faith? Not is the, is the death of Christ efficacious for people who do not believe in a pro, you know, in the promises of God in special revelation, which, you know, culminated in the death, burial and resurrection of Christ and his ascension of the father, you know, like that's, that's the, that's what people are really concerned about. It's not about whether or not Christ's death, like people will be in heaven that weren't atoned for by Christ's, um, uh, Christ's, uh, um, his, his work, like that's not, that was never the issue. Um, now we could have a talk with those people too, because that would be an even uh, bigger violence toward the um, exclusivity of Christ. But Oh yeah, that would be easier to prove or go over right. and cut out. How about you, Chris? You got anything to... What's your thoughts? I know you've been listening. Not at this moment, no. All right, we're going to go on for, let's play about three more minutes or so. I don't know where it'd be a good stopping point, but then we'll. Then we'll we uh, could, maybe. Yeah. We could try it. Do you want to stop it? Like, add a. Eighteen, twelve year time. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, you got a mark. You well, I was gonna say it like tw I, it might be. I was gonna say like around twenty five in the video, but maybe that might take us longer than maybe twelve. Two. All right, here we go. Okay. Always rejected the doctrines of universalism, despite what some have falsely reported. Anybody who says otherwise is lying, just blatantly. Lying. Agreed. Agreed. No, I agree. Layton's never affirmed universalism. That that is very very clear from what he what Layton's saying. And and um, you know, we we know Layton, and he's he's not said that in the past. Like that's not his position. That is like that would, yeah. That that's uh. The, the only. Um, question though does he think universalists are saved or, or is their view heretical or in, in any way that would be something i would ask um uh i well what's probably, his view of them what would it, it doesn't seem like he has a problem with william lane craig's position no he doesn't he well he says it's not uh but it's but that's not universal universalist well, well, I mean, because I think we're, how he's using universalist would be, um, and there's, there's, it has several different meanings, but I think the most common and the one that he's referring to is that everybody will be saved in the end. No, no, I, I understand I, that they, I'm talking, how does he view the people that hold to that doctrine? Oh, uh, yeah, no, 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 I know, I know. I was more toward what Arise was saying, but I think he would say that they're, that those people are saved. And I suppose that's and that I would even say is that's a sticky not not sticky but that it's like a case by case thing because like as far as fruit bearing you know like the person that denies the the exclusivity uh, of Christ's you know of Christ is that's that's a concerning thing but a person say a person 
well, and I don't want to, I'll say this real quick, but the person who, tr who believed the gospel and trusted in Christ, but wandered into that error, like I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say that that person was necessarily unsaved, you know, for themselves. You know, it's kind of like um, how people might hold beliefs that um, aren't, that, that are dangerous. They're believing the gospel while they're doing that, and they're not consistent all the way through. And, you know, but yeah, but yeah, that's, but I don't know what he, what he would say. Maybe I'm, hope I'm understanding that topic putting that out there what, what is his view on the people that do hold it but let's carry on they probably like the National Enquirer making up stuff so people will visit their websites shame on them shame on them um, and it's liable it's actually I actually have a case that I could sue these individuals for defamation of character um, that's how horribly slanderous this is. It's not only unchristian, it's against the law what these guys are doing because they're actually hurting my reputation as a minister of the gospel by saying things like Leighton Flowers teaches that people can be saved apart from Jesus. That's slanderous and affirms universalism. That is slanderous, absolutely slanderous. Um, and, and people like this probably should be sued and, and called out on the carpet. Um, it, it's, I don't know if people have the money to do, put into that. If any lawyers are listening and would like to see these people, uh, you have my permission. Go ahead. <laughs> they need they need to be put in their place uh, for their slanderous reportings. Um, there are. Didn't the scripture say something about not suing other believers? Yes, indeed. I was just looking for that verse. Oh, I think it's Second Corinthians five or First uh, Corinthians five. Yeah, First Corinthians. Yeah. So here, here, Leighton is literally telling other Christians to sue another group of Christians, unless he believes that they're not Christian. I consider each other a Christian. That's that's all I might add. Or maybe that non-Christians would be watching or something. I don't know, but I don't. I don't think that'd be reasonable. You know. But anyways, <laughs> reasonable thing to think. That's that's not our topic. So let's keep going. Yeah. Want unqualified to bring rebuttal against what has been uh, labeled as inclusivism. Now, here's some things I think that call call people. Uh, in other words, if, if someone doesn't understand a particular label or a certain aspect of a particular label, they have automatically become unqualified to be able to give a rebuttal to that. You have you have to have a working knowledge of something in order to be qualified to offer any kind of a sane rebuttal. Um, if you think inclusivism by any definition of the word offered out there by scholars, if you think it necessi necessitates universalism, that all people will be saved ultimately in the end, if you think inclusivism necessitates universalism, then you are not qualified to offer a rebuttal to Billy Graham's view, William Lane's Craig, William Lane Craig's view, or my view. You're just not. Um, you are uninformed and you're not qualified to offer a rebuttal, plain and simple. Number two, if you think inclusivism necessitates pluralism, as I've already defined it, that one can be saved apart from Christ, that people can be saved through, uh, through um, Muslim tradition or Muslim faith or any other faith uh, that's out offered out there, which is what pluralism is. If you think inclusivism and pluralism are just the same thing and you've conflated those two words to make them one, then you're not, off, you're, you're not qualified to offer a rebuttal. You're uninformed about these issues. 
Um, if you think all Christian inclusive. I think there's there's that faith there's that efficacy of Christ's death and the gospel as being the object of faith are being confused there again because when he said you know Muslim faith like someone could have someone could have faith in the Muslim doctrines you know the the you know uh, they could have read the Quran thirteen times and um, um, all of really about the object of it. The other material, yeah, and it's and but they could still be atoned for by the blood of Christ, and um, and you know, have faith in you know, like they could, and then so it's it's like I think that's being confused because no, you know, I unless I'm misunderstanding what he's saying because I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit confused about how he is saying, you know, faith, the word faith here. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking, I'm thinking he's talking about like a body of doctrine, like the Christian faith, but then that, that would kind of, that, that would confuse me as far as what he said before. Yeah. And especially if, if we're assuming, <laughs> if, we're, if we're assuming only one of these, uh, um, and, and they're standing on, the same worldview and that it's objectively true. It just, I'm not exactly sure about what he's, um, how, how, what he's saying is true in light of what he said or how it's, how it's consistent with what he said, I should say for before. Hey brothers, I need y'all to talk for like two minutes. I got to go say a prayer real fast with my kids. Okay. No worries. But yeah, it seemed like, um, he was saying that, that Leighton was saying that, you know, if you think that inclusivism is the same as pluralism, and then he defined pluralism as being, um, you know, um, other faiths, you know, we're not saved by, by Christ uh, in his work, but other faiths. But it's like, I like, it's, I don't see how that could. How that's how that's even a consistent uh, um, a consi a consistent thing to say because if somebody's believing in other faiths and they're believing that okay well um, uh, would somebody to fall into that category he brought up would somebody have to um, hold that the doctrines of Islam are true like is that who he's talking to I, I just I don't understand um, and. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not vocalizing it right, but maybe we should go back a little bit because I, I don't get how that would even be consistent, first of all, with what he said before. And also how that, if, if he, if, if we're all affirming, you know, the Christian faith is the one true faith, how that would even be applicable or mean, meaningful is what I'm trying to say, because like, Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not really able to to vocalize that at this time. But and you guys there? And you still there, Chris? Yeah, I, I'm here. But uh, I was. I had to attend to something else. Sorry. No, no worries. No worries. I was just. Wondering. I, I've listened to most of everything you've said, though, and I, I do agree with you, CK. So I think I think you're. I think you're doing fine. I just like I couldn't vocalize that last thing like I couldn't articulate it but 
He said, if you think pluralism and inclusivism are the same thing, then you're unqualified because, and then he defined pluralism. And I had a problem with like how. Yeah, we, all right, I'm back. We could go I, back and listen to Okay, okay. Are you in Lane Craig's view or my view? You're just not. Um, you are uninformed and you're not qualified to offer rebuttal, plain and simple. Number two, if you think inclusivism necessitates pluralism, as I've already defined it, that one can be saved apart from Christ, that people can be saved through, uh, through um, Muslim tradition or Muslim faith or any other faith uh, that's out offered out there, which is what pluralism is. If you think inclusivism and pluralism are just the same thing and you've conflated those two words to make them one, then you're not off. You're, oh, you're oh, okay, okay. I think I see what he's saying. He's saying that um, if you think that all of the, like, if you think that his position entails logically that all of these religions could be true and saved through the tr through all of these true religions, if that's what he means, then I okay, I understand, I agree, and I take I take back what I said because I and I think I do think that that's what he's saying. So I I didn't understand it first. I think I missed um I may have maybe I missed a sentence or two in there, but yeah, I, I that makes that makes more sense that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. We're, we're going for Sorry. four minutes and then we're stopping for tonight. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Yeah. We already hit the 20. For, for clarification. Oh, are you going to play it or? Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. What's your question? What's up, Mark? I, I just wanted to clarify. It was First Corinthians 6 uh, about the uh, oh. suing. Uh, fellow believers before unbelievers or like in front of unbelievers. Yeah. Just for a side note. That's, that because, that's because it it messes up your God, your witness to the unbelieving world, right? All right. Yes. Let's, let's, uh, let's go a couple more minutes. I don't know if he has another point. I haven't listened this far, so maybe y'all can tell me how many points is he's making here. But we'll keep going. Okay. For a rebuttal, you're uninformed about these issues. Um, if you think all Christian inclusivists believe the exact same thing, you're also misinformed. What I just explained to you is the two possible theories, the one that William Lane Craig offered on that, that broadcast that I played, and Billy Graham likely held to as well, and the one that I've offered as my typical explanation and what Robert Jeffers and other Southern Baptist traditionalists have typically explained with regard to those who have never heard the specifics of uh, the message of Jesus, um, then you don't understand that there are nuances within even that label. And Calvinists have the same issue. They have superlapsarians and sublapsarians. They have different types of Calvinists um, out there, and they, they, they appreciate when people take the time to actually understand the nuanced differences between the high Calvinist and the moderate kind of Calvinist, which I've tried to uh, explain when I'm talking about someone like a, a David Platt or a J.D. Greer or a Matt Chandler, who are lower, more uh, moderate type of Calvinist, um, versus the A.W. Pinks and and uh, Gills of the world, who are the higher, more hyper, almost hyper type Calvinists. Um, there, there's a distinction between the way they they teach these things, and there are distinctions between those who could wear the label in, inclusivism. Um, with regard to uh, how that uh, plays itself out. So if you think all Christian, quote, inclusivist, or those who wear that label or um, have been given that label, whether they've asked for it or not, like myself, um, then, then you're not qualified 
to offer rebuttal because you're not willing to deal with the nuanced differences among the scholars within that particular worldview. You're just not. You're, you're not qualified to do that. You're just um, flamethrower. You're just you're just baiting and for clickbait. That's all you're doing. Um, and because so many are uninformed about these issues, I have never claimed to affirm inclusivism on my broadcast. I've never said, yes, I'm an inclusivist. Um, yes, I wear that label inclusivism. Um, I've actually did, said I don't like the label because of the many misconceptions and misnomers about it, much in the same way that some of my lower Calvinist friends don't like the name or the label Calvinism. And, and for the same reason, I don't like the label inclusivism um, because somebody, some people have misaligned it and misapplied it and have made it into something that it's not. And so, uh, so I have never actually claimed the, the label myself, but if by inclusivism, hear me when I say this, if by inclusivism, one means that God loves all people and has sufficiently revealed himself to everyone in such a way that all may be saved, then fine. Okay, if that's what you mean by inclusivism, then you can label me an inclusivist because I don't know how any non-Calvinist can consistently argue otherwise. Wait. I think we're going to end that there. Okay. If he's, so, did he say sufficiently revealed himself so that all can be saved? Yeah, I guess to all unbelievers, yeah. So, yeah, so... So that at that point, I think that statement would necessarily, if he's, if his, you know, and, and especially all those who've engaged Roman Catholics on issues of sola scriptura and things like that, the word, when you, when you use the word sufficient, like if, if general revelation and God's revealed himself in such a way that's sufficient for all, each and every person to be saved, yeah. that would have to, that would, I don't see how that could not necessitate that general revelation is sufficient faith in general faith in God through general revelation is sufficient for salvation. Like I, I don't, I really don't understand how, how you could, how that could be avoided. I think he, it's a, you know, it's a, it's enough to spark further revelation. Right. Or what is it? Yeah. And the better question is you, it's a, you, 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 God has given enough out there to spark enough faith that you can muster up to warrant God sending further revelation. Well, and, and let, let me qualify what I just said too. sufficient. If he's, it sounded like he said sufficient for salvation. If he didn't say that, then what is it sufficient for? Because if it, he says sufficient for, you're right. You're right. I, you know, but I would say, I think that in his view, he would say it's sufficient enough to warrant further revelation, which will be sufficient enough for final salvation, I guess. It's enough. It's enough of mm. a spark to to start it up, you know. Okay. Yeah, and he and I just Leighton just commented. He said sufficient to lead to further light. I don't is because if that's what he means, then I okay. I understand how that fits with his position. Um. Uh. And he said so. So and also I wanted to let Leighton know that we're not, it's not our purpose to criticize the individual that you're mentioning. Um. We. You know, let I don't want to. Yeah. Let me just say that. Yeah. Let Let me just say that 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 like we're not we're not choo I no I'm not I, I should just send I should probably just talk with we should have a talk with him off air about that because 
I don't think like I think there's a misunderstanding in what he said about that in the live chat, but I can't yeah like, I can't yeah. I can't mention that over the air, but I agree. But let's that's neither here or there. We're just yeah. talking about and and if we we do come to you Leighton, because you're you are you know you're we do consider you our friend and we would we talk about your view because we view you as a standard for the traditionalist view. So maybe it's not so much personally to you, but just that you represent, we think accurately, the traditionalist view. So we're just trying to address the traditionalist view of of the gospel and, and soteriology. So you just happen to be someone we know so we can easily discuss it. And we're glad that you listen or, you know, you're, you're willing to take the time to clarify. So. Right. Yeah, De definitely glad about that. And um yeah we we love Leighton and that um and even on a lot of issues some of which Leighton you know Leighton's uh we talked to Leighton about we would agree with Leighton on just this is this is um not you know not an issue that, that we would and even some of the yeah, and it's hard because I can't I, I can't say certain things. But if late if I all I want all I could say is that if Leighton knew certain uh, issues and things that we've discussed amongst ourselves, I think he would understand. Not with regards to this video, but with regards to, um, yeah. just like certain pastoral issues, I think he would, you know, uh, he would understand. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And maybe talk with him offline and talk amongst you guys offline. Let's uh. Who wants to give the gospel? That's what we really need right now. <laughs> Who, who's up for the gospel? Anyone? I'm sure we're all up for the gospel. Right? Yeah. All right. I'm good if you want me to. Go for it, man. Gospel is this. And I mentioned it earlier. And it was in 1 Corinthians 15. And let me get to it so I don't mess it up. <laughs> Stop texting, guys. I'm trying to get to this uh, on my app. Because I'm, I'm at work, actually, right now. This is how devoted I am. <laughs> so, 1 Corinthians 15. I did not go there. Good heavens, why am I having such a hard time with this? First Corinthians 15 1 starts with saying this. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of, as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. The thing is this, guys, is that we are all sinners. 
we are all wretched sinners who deserve the wrath of God. And the only thing that's keeping us from the wrath of God is this thread of grace that God is holding us up on. And he, he loves us so much that he's willing to suffer and die on the cross for us. And that he will, he will save you from your sins if you believe in him. And I, I truly believe that uh, if you repent and believe that Christ will save you from whatever sin that you have done. And believe me, you have done. We've all lied. We've all stolen. We've all committed adultery in our hearts or even committed adultery <laughs> in reality. Um, you know, we, we've, uh, we've all blown it. We've all fallen short, as the Bible says. But Christ gives us hope. Christ gives us a way to not have to pay the debt that we have incurred. And that that debt was paid for on the cross. And we ask that you just please repent and forget and, and <laughs> repent and believe what Christ has done on the cross, the completed work. I can go on for probably another half hour, but <laughs> I know that you guys probably want to wrap up. And but um, we Thank believe you. that, yeah, this this is what we believe. Yep. So, you know, we implore everyone out there, yeah, death's coming. We all die. Ten out of ten die. Call upon the name of the Lord while you still can. And uh, we, we believe that all who do call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So. And yeah, we we can go on and on on what that means soteriologically, but it's still straight fact. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. So, and if you want to ask us further questions or clarification, just join us on the council. We have Facebook, we have Discord. We're pretty easy to find. Just Google us, the council, and uh, we'll answer any questions you have. We'll talk to just about anyone we do it all the time so uh everyone's welcome to come and discuss things we have plenty of bright and very clever people that will that are able to answer your questions you know in many different aspects so thanks everyone for joining us tonight this has been a special edition of the council maybe we'll Lord willing, continue next Friday. And I'm pretty sure we have some stuff uh, scheduled for the week. Do you, do you have anything, John? Or anyone else? But, um, no, I was just going to say just put a pin on it, and we'll probably talk more about it next week. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll have other things probably going on this week also. Who knows? We'll, we'll just keep a, keep an ear open or an eye open on our Facebook group, and uh, we'll let, let everyone know. So thanks, everyone. Lord willing, this has been edifying and useful. Uh, we'll continue it next week or next time. So good night and God bless everyone.